Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Well, hi, and I hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. As you might have noticed, I was off last week. No podcast episode. Not only because it was a holiday, but also because my birthday was on Wednesday. So I decided to celebrate my birthday for the whole week. Kind of did a staycation thing. Like a true staycation. Take the time off, stay at home, and do fun things that are local that I don't always have the time to enjoy. Like ride the bike to the beach every morning. Yeah. When I think about it, it's crazy. I live four-tenths of a mile from the Atlantic Ocean, and I'm lucky to get there once a week. I'm always too busy doing this and too busy doing that, and I think, well, I'm going to finish this next project and then get there, and I never do. That's going to change for the second half of the year. More on that in another episode. It turns out a walk on the beach is exactly what I needed to get inspired for this episode. I had a phone call before my staycation, And I got to thinking about it the following week, walking on the beach. The phone call was from someone, I'll call her Beth, I guess. Not her real name, of course. Beth had called to see if we offered a payment plan on the litigation paralegal boot camp because, as she said, she desperately needed the course. She's new to litigation and had no idea what she was doing every day, and no one's available to help her. So I said, we do have a payment plan option. It's just not on the website because of a technical issue. It's long drawn out issue. Anyways, we can do a payment plan through PayPal. But before I do that, I said to her, I wonder, have you asked your attorney to pay for the course for you? There was silence. And then finally, she said, no, I don't think that they pay for continuing education at the firm. We're a small firm. So I told her all of the stories of paralegals who thought the same thing and then later reached out to me to take them off the payment plan and let them pay in full because once their attorney found out they were taking the course and what it was about, they offered to pay for it for them. We talked for a while about it. I gave her the specific examples and I referred her to a podcast episode that I did all about it. I can't remember the exact episode number, but it had the title something like how to get your attorney to invest in your career development. Anyway, we were talking and I could tell she still wasn't on board with asking her attorney to pay for it. So I just asked, what's the real reason why you don't want to ask him? And she said, I'm afraid he's going to think that I don't know what I'm doing and then maybe fire me so that he can hire someone more experienced than me, and then they'll know what they're doing. I've heard this before from new paralegals, but for some reason, this time it struck me a little different. Well, part of what struck me a little different is that it also happened to coincide with 
her mentioning this social media post. So she had put something out on social media about not knowing what she was doing. And one of the responses was the advice of fake it till you make it. No, do not do that. I'm telling you, do not fake it till you make it as a new paralegal. Fake it till you make it might be something you can do as an actor or a model or a salesperson, but doing that as a paralegal could be detrimental to your career. The phrase fake it till you make it started as a way to encourage people that if you act confidently, even if you don't feel confident, if you act confidently, then it'll eventually lead you to having actual confidence. I don't know what the studies are on whether or not that works either. But, you know, that part, that didn't sound like a bad idea, right? Wrong. Again, if you're a salesperson, it might be good. But they don't have to carry malpractice insurance for a reason. If they mess a sale up, they have an angry boss or an angry customer who might not come back. In the legal profession, You could have maybe a missed deadline, a critical filing deadline, and now the client is forever barred from pursuing their claim. Think about it like this. Do you want your surgeon to fake it till she makes it? No, (laughs) you don't. And that's probably why doctors have to carry malpractice insurance. Do you want the engineer who's building that 20-story skyrise office building that you work in, do you want them to fake it till they make it? No. They also have to carry insurance. As I was outlining this episode and some of the key points that I wanted to cover, I decided to jump into the Google rabbit hole and ask Google where this saying comes from. Yeah, don't do that. I'll save you the two hours that you'll never get back. So Google said that the phrase originated, the phrase fake it till you make it, originated from a Simon and Garfunkel song in 1968. Yeah, so I don't know if I want to let a Simon and Garfunkel song dictate my paralegal career path. Now, there was something else out there that compared it to kind of this law of attraction theory and to this 1920s or 30s theory from Alfred Adler, I think was his name, Alfred Alder or Adler. And he used it to treat his patients who had dysfunctional behaviors but he called it, what he called it was acting as if. In other words, if you want a quality, you act as if you already have it. So if it's a quality like confidence, sure, maybe you could fake it till you make it, till you make the confidence. Act as if you already have it, and then maybe it'll come to you. Although that could be a whole other episode too. Anyway, let's get back to the conversation with this paralegal. After telling her that it wasn't a good idea to take that advice that she got on social media, I told her the story of a paralegal who worked for me back when I was a paralegal manager, and this paralegal was also faking it till she was making it. Now, we have to go back to around 2007 or 2008. This paralegal, I'll call her Cindy, not her real name, of course. After a series of mistakes, some minor, some major, she had this big project coming up on a big important case. 
Throughout this project, she was asked by the attorneys and by me several times, do you need any help? No. Are you sure you've got this? Yes. Can we see a sample of what you've done so far? Tomorrow. And then tomorrow turned into tomorrow night. Then we finally see it. Okay, that looks good, but how much have you done? Are you sure you're going to be able to complete this on time? Yes. You can imagine where this is going, right? She didn't complete it on time, and what she did have completed was completely wrong, except for that one little sample that we were shown. And there were all kinds of other issues. She was fired. Not for incompetence, not for making one single mistake. It was for being asked, do you need help? Having gone through it before, knowing she should have asked for help, knowing that people were asking her, does she need help? And still saying no. So fast forward to 2013 or 14, I'd left the firm to start my company back in 2010. And back then when I first started it for the first maybe four or five years, I used to do a lot of live training inside law firms. And so this is 2013 or 14. And an Atlanta firm had hired me to come in and teach the Bill Blower boot camp to their paralegals and associates. And so I'm in the conference room as the paralegals and associates are coming in the room a few at a time. And then I look up and I see her, Cindy. My jaw dropped, kind of nervous, wondering like, ooh, how's this going to interaction going to be? And so she walked up to me and whispered, not whispered, but, you know, in a really low voice said, you did the best thing you could have ever done for my paralegal career. It woke me up. And I finally stopped faking it and pretending like I was going to be able to figure it all out eventually. I'm a really good paralegal now. I know what I'm doing and I know when to admit I'm in over my head and ask for help. I got to tell you, I could have cried. She made me so proud. There's a whole other lesson in that because she also took an adversity, you know, a bad situation And she used it to fuel her desire to do better. That's not always easy to do. That could have gone in a whole other direction if she wasn't the person she was. Now, I wasn't saying to Beth on the phone when I'm telling her this story that she could get fired for faking it until she made it. What I was trying to tell her with that story was that it's better to admit that you don't know everything. Admit that you need help or that you need additional training. Think about it like this, from someone of maybe a different perspective. Let's say you do go to your attorney and you say, I found this course that I'd really like to take because I feel like I could use some help in this area. I want to be able to better support you and better support the clients. Do you think they're going to say, no, I'm not going to pay for it. And by the way, you're fired because I didn't know when I hired you right out of school that you didn't know what you were doing. No, they're not going to say that. Well, unless you literally faked all of your experience on your resume or something and they think you have more years of experience than you do. If a firm is hiring you with less than five years of experience, they know you don't know everything. That's actually the easier scenario. Let's talk about one that's a little trickier and one that I see often. You've been a paralegal for five or seven years, let's say seven years, 
You worked at a couple of different firms, maybe one for three years and the last one for four years. But in those seven years, you didn't get much training. You didn't do any outside training. You were doing the fake it till you make it route that worked for most of the time. You didn't have any major mistakes. You got by, but that's all you did. You got by. Now you're going to go work at a firm that thinks that you know everything you should know because you've got seven years of experience. But what they don't know is those last four years were spent primarily focused on just doing document review projects, and you had little to no exposure to any of the other aspects of a typical litigation case. You haven't been helping to prep for hearings or site-checking briefs or getting complaints filed. You haven't been getting ready for depositions or getting ready for trial. You've had a little bit of exposure to e-discovery doing those document review projects, but not e-discovery as a project manager. You've just been reviewing electronic documents for privilege and responsiveness and checking off the box in the software. Occasionally, maybe the e-discovery project gets you involved in the production side, but not enough where you could run an e-discovery project on your own. Now you're at this new firm who thinks they hired a litigation paralegal with seven years of experience. Someone who should have had lots of exposure in those past seven years to all of those other areas of the typical life cycle of a litigation case. That's where it's even more dangerous to have the fake it till you make it mindset. You know, as that paralegal who's been faking it till you make it for the past seven years, now you're in a situation where they're expecting you to know a certain amount and you don't. All right, so no faking it till we make it. What I try to do in all the episodes is give you an actionable strategy and I've got a download that I put together for you. Well, Here's the thing. It is geared towards litigation paralegals because I was preparing it as an example to the litigation paralegals who are inside the litigation paralegal boot camp. So if you're not a litigation paralegal, let me give you an actionable strategy. Okay, it would be, well, first, forward this podcast episode to a litigation paralegal who you know. You know, I've said it before several times on the podcast Share your knowledge and everyone wins. So share this episode with a litigation paralegal who would want that download. Actually, you know what? I also, I have a second one for you if you're not in litigation. And that is to go online and look at a few job descriptions for paralegals in your practice area. Make a list of what skills are listed by the employers who are looking to fill like a senior paralegal position in your area not a junior position, like look for ones where they're wanting 10, 15 plus years of experience, even if you've only got two. So you work in maybe immigration, you've only got two years of experience, go find a job advertisement that lists out the skills that they're looking for, for a 10 to 15 year immigration paralegal or corporate or real estate, whatever practice area you're in. Make a list of all of those skills and think of it as your checklist of skills that you want to obtain throughout the next couple years. The one I prepared for litigation paralegals has a column for the categories of skills, and those are divided into sections that relate to the typical phases 
of litigation. So the pleadings and motions phase, the discovery phase, trial prep, etc. That's the first column. Then in your second column, there's a column to rate where your current skill set is in that area, where you honestly would rate your skills. The next column is for you to write out your plan on how to increase that skill set. For example, take an online course, attend a conference, find a YouTube video, etc. Then there's a column for the date that you want to complete it. I'd suggest putting a Q1, Q2, Q3, or Q4 in the date column so that then you can make a quarterly plan on what you're going to be working on that next quarter. Then finally, there's a column to check off that it was completed. So you can create your own chart, whether you're in corporate, real estate, immigration, estate planning, just use those column labels and the skills listed in those senior job descriptions. If you're in litigation, I've done that for you inside the Litigation Paralegal Professional Development Plan. It's at litigationparalegalplan.com for you to download. That's litigationparalegalplan.com. And if you're in litigation, join me inside the Litigation Paralegal Bootcamp and let me help you fast track your career. All right, that's it for this week's episode. Remember, fake it till you make it is a bad idea. Don't do it. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.